and welcome to HopSec, a beer podcast with an InfoSec problem. I'm here today with John. Hi, John. Hello. And I am Effen, your host, and we're going to be talking about beer. John, do you mind saying a thing or two about InfoSec, how, how you're involved with it or not? Or um, I try to, well, you know, it's funny, for a long time, I use the word InfoSec, and, and because I do a lot with federal government, they talk about cybersecurity all the time. And initially, I hated that, and I wouldn't use the word cyber, I hated that. But um, it's funny now today, we, we actually see more security concerns around cyber physical systems um, and things that, you know, if it goes boom, it goes boom in the real world. So um, I don't even say InfoSec anymore. It's, it's a funny thing because it's, it's almost not the information that we care about. It's the thing attached to the, the computer or, or, or what have you. Um, so I guess my involvement, I've been a wannabe for a long time. I, you know, go to DEF CON for what, 15 years now, something like that, since Alexis Park days, and uh, look around at all the people there and wish that I could do what they do, and I really don't, I really can't do what they do, but uh, I'm still fascinated by it. But you like cryptography a lot. You even make jokes about that, right? I make jokes about crypto occasionally. Okay, well, we'll talk about that maybe yeah. a little bit, um, but let's talk about beer. What beer are you drinking right now? Right now, I just opened this up. It's called Logical Conclusion. It's an IPA from Three's Brewing in uh, Garnersville, New York. And I have never had it before, but I thought that the, I like the picture on the front. I like the color. So, you know, you choose beers by what the can looks like. So um, that's what I got today. And, and I got about, of, what's that? And the name of the beer goes with the cybers, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you were saying something, sorry. Oh, I bought, I've, I've got a lot more. I, I, I spent 40 bucks on beer over lunch today, just buying different random cans at the local shop. So um, I've got lots of stuff to, to try. And speaking of local shop, where, where is local for you? I am in the middle of nowhere um, near Washington, D.C., west of Dulles Airport. So okay. kind of in between, if you were looking at a map, in between uh, Leesburg and uh, Manassas. So you, it's good you can find good beer there. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in local shops and breweries. But pre-pandemic, you, you used to travel quite a bit. Yeah. So we're going to talk about beer and travel here as well. But back to, I know you like wine. I know you like whiskey. Uh, and I know you like beer as well. But what, what got you into liking better beer? Yeah, I'm pretty equal opportunity uh, alcohol. When <laughs> there's something it depends on the occasion. We'll, we'll talk about nothing that I really well. don't like. Uh, yeah, beer, you know, obviously I started like the typical American drinking natural light and things like that in college and just saying, wow, this tastes awful. Um, but I'm going to drink it because it's what we could afford. Um, I don't think I really got into good beer until kind of the microbrew revolution started happening in the in the US. Um, before that, it was kind of like Budweiser and and Coors Light. And, and, you know, when we wanted to step up our game, we had Heineken or something like that, you know. Mm -hmm. So and now it's just fascinating the number of types of beers that are that are out there and you can get it everywhere. Yeah. 
I remember probably when I met you a long time ago, I don't think I, I really appreciated good beer as much as I do now. I remember speaking of Defcon, I remember having beers with you at the Hofbrauhaus. Not that it was bad mm -hmm. beer, it was good German beer, German-ish. I don't know if good, you're reading it. Good German pretzels. Good pretzels, uh, what's Underberg after we had a few beers and stood on top of the, the table and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I remember getting into good wine and that was when I moved to California and uh, a bunch of, you know, we were all like nerd friends living out there and uh, we would take, we'd like rent minivans and drive up to Napa Valley and just go wine tasting at different wineries. I, up until that point, I really hadn't had you know, more, I guess, high-end wine. So probably Robert Mondavi was the first place we went just because it was a popular tour. And we got to the end of the tasting. I was like, holy crap, this is really good. <laughs> like, how much does this cost? Whoa, it's like 50 bucks a bottle. And but then and they're then like, like, well, you want to be part of the wine club. It's just two bottles a year or four bo bottles a year. <laughs> exactly what they did to me. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of fell for that as well. But I think, yeah, actually, I think wine helped me, learning about wine helped me a lot about learning about beer. Yeah. Uh, like the re reverse engineering of like making your taste. And, and I, still consider my, I still consider myself pretty uneducated about beer. I kind of, if I drink it, I know what I like and what I don't, I don't like sours. Um, I know that I, I, don't, I don't like that, but if I picked up an average beer, like aside from an IPA, I probably couldn't identify what it was. I just haven't had that. I need to take like a course or something to, to kind of teach me about different styles. Did you take any course for, for wine by any chance? I didn't really take tasting courses, maybe a couple. I, I took more courses in making wine because I, I tried my hand at making wine when I lived out in California. I grew 12 Zinfandel vines in my, in my side yard. Um, and produced wine off of them for a couple of years. It was really, it was bad. Everything I made was bad. Um, and then those vines died. And then I started going up to Napa Valley, picking my own grapes. You know, you just find somebody who was, oh, we got extra, come and pick for like X amount per pound. And I would do that. Every red wine ever, every wine I made from fresh grapes was terrible though, despite all the classes that I took. It was just, um, I didn't have a air conditioned space to, do it in so it was in my garage and it just didn't work out well but no i don't think i ever took really a tasting class it just um i just drink a lot it's like brute force that's, <laughs> it that's was it's it is the bruce more brute force method yeah absolutely yep speaking of wine and then we stopped talking about wine but have you tried had or had or like natural wine i don't know what that is so i don't they think sometimes so. referred as raw wine uh-uh it has no nitrates and stuff like that. Okay. It's, it's like a, it's either like healthy wine or like boozy kombucha. That's, that's how I, I define natural wines. It's very drinkable. Yeah. Nitrates are kind of important for preserving the wine and keeping bad stuff out of it though. So I'm, I'm kind of okay with that being in there. Yeah. It's something that I, apparently you don't age much like <laughs> certain beers. Like you don't want to age a, an IPA, for example. But, yeah. um, or sulfites, I guess, is, would, would be what really protects the wine. Nitrates, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know it's like wine is healthy wine. So look that up when you go to your, your local shops and stuff like that. 
Uh, speaking of local shops, what I know you like one brewery in your neck of the woods uh, a lot. It's called Adroit Theory. Can you Adroit tell Theory, us? A, yeah. yeah. Can you tell so, us a little bit about it? Yeah, Loudoun County, Virginia is, believe it or not, it's Virginia wine country. So if you go a couple of miles west from where I live, you're kind of into wine country. And what I'll say about that is it's very pretty. Um, there's a lot of really fantastic places like to go and hang out. I don't love the wine. The whites are really, are, the whites are just fine, actually. The reds, they try to grow uh, kind of Bordeaux grape varieties out here. And if you've been to this area, it's hot and humid. And I don't think those grape varieties are meant for this area. So we're happy to have it because it brings a lot of tourists. Um, I just, it's not my everyday drinking wine, but we also have probably 16 to 20 breweries and maybe three or four distilleries within Loudoun County. So I don't have to go very far. Um, you know, Quattro Goomba is not far. They've got some good beer that, you know, that, that's, that's still pretty new, the beer operation. Um, Aslan's not too far away. Um, we've got one um, called Solace that's pretty close to here. Um, there's just a ton of them. Like you can throw a stone and you'll either hit a data center or you'll hit a brewery. So that's kind of where we are. But Adroit Theory is up in Purcellville. That place is just cool because um, when you go in there, it's all heavy metal music playing. They share a building with a diesel mechanic shop. So it's, it's kind of industrial in nature anyway. And all their beers are just named after some sort of, you feel like you're in a 1980s heavy metal album in terms of the titles that they give to their beers. So like one of my favorites has been, it was called The Death of Cthulhu. And it was like this insane um, Russian Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels. And it was just boozy and dark and like perfect for winter. Um, tough to drink a whole bottle by myself. I kind of had to save that for when somebody was over. But um, yeah, I like those guys. They're just, they're always doing something different. The only problem now is I think they're making a bunch of their stuff in smaller quantities and it's like, oh, you better get here today or you're not going to get any. And it's yeah. a bit of a drive. It's a bit of a drive for me. I was checking their website. They do, they're doing some pre-sales now, which some breweries also do. Yeah. And they just came out with uh, something that looks interesting, uh, a series of IPA beers based on, well, the labels are based on the G.I. Joe cartoon. So it's all, all the villains from like G.I. Joe, like Cobra yeah. Commander and everybody else that I don't know their names in English. And um, it's, the, and they made t-shirts, they sold out, but like the t-shirts look really badass. Um, Hopefully I'll, I'll get to try one of those beers, one of these. Yeah, days. it's a fun place. Come out and uh, Monk's Barbecue is just down the road from there. So it's always, and Monk's has an insane bar inside of like bourbon and tequila, I think are the two main uh, main bottles that I see up there. But um, it, it's nuts and the barbecue is really good too. So, so yes, yeah, it's a fun day up to Purcellville. Speaking of that, I was going to talk to you, ask you about barbecue. I understand you're a barbecue judge. I'm a, I'm a Kansas City Barbecue Society certified judge. Yeah. I haven't done it since I moved to Virginia. So that's been like five years now. I just, I, I judged a ton when I was in California. Mm -hmm. And then uh, once we moved, it was like, I got to find the scene around here. And I just never, I just never did. Um, I honestly, I got into barbecue judging because I wanted to make my own cooking better. And I wanted to find out kind of, well, what is competition quality barbecue? What does it taste like? And what, you know, you go when you go to like 
famous Dave's or one of these chain barbecue places, that's not competition barbecue. And people, people will be like, Oh, I don't like that. Well, you haven't, when you have competition grade, it's like, how, how long did this take? And, and um, it, it's a, it's a pretty labor intensive effort to, um, to produce good barbecue. So that's, that was the biggest reason I judged, but um, I like the people too in that, in that community. Kind of so, like in, kind of like insecurity. Yeah. There's good people and people that you don't like. That's normal. But speaking of barbecue, what kind of barbecue, what type of meat and or sauce would you pair with beer instead of, let's say, wine or whiskey or any other drink? I think in general, beer goes better with barbecue than wine. I, it's rare that I would they'll always try to tell you that at wineries like, Oh, this Zinfandel is spicy and it pairs well with a, a barbecue. I don't know. It's fine. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say no to it, but I, I think um, I like beer better. Um, I would. So some of the flavors that you get like in brisket on, on certain rubs, there's a lot of coffee in it. And that would, that could go really well with some of the like chocolate stouts and, and, and things like that up there. So that might get a little heavy. <laughs> it's already pretty heavy. Um, but no, I think, I think anything goes. I'll, I'll, what I'll say is after, so judging a competition, by the time you're done, you've eaten 24 samples of meat. That's not necessarily like a full piece, but you've t at least taken a bite of 24 different, like four meats times six samples. And then sometimes there's additional contests like in anything anything but, which is anything but barbecue. So a lot of it's dessert or it's a salad or whatever. You get out of that and like, A, you have the meat sweats and <laughs> you just want to drink something. Like an IPA would be really good for just the acidity that's in it to cut some of that fat that you're getting off the, the barbecue. So I think kind of highly acidic beers would go really well with it too, just to, just to offset it. Okay, I, I learned something, so that's good. So stepping off of your, of your neck of the woods, when you used to travel a lot, any mm -hmm. places that you, I have a list here of places I had beers with you besides Hofbrauhaus, House, but I want to hear from you, hopefully someplace in either Asia or Europe or someplace else that you remember like, oh, I had this really good beer or different places, right? Not yeah. one place. You know, it's funny. Um, Early in my traveling, um, you know, when I'd go to the UK, I'd always think that like the UK should be the home for for good beer, like cascaged ale and and all that all that stuff that they have. Because you go to the pub and there's like twelve beers on tap sometimes, and I've actually been disappointed with the UK over time. I've found the beer to be kind of bland, and it's like every pub has exactly the same. It's like Carlsberg and I don't remember the names of um, um, there's the one, the London something or other, but um, it's not bad beer. It just hasn't been super impressive. And then German beer, you know, I love going to Germany. I love, they have like four of my favorite food groups, uh, pork, beer, um, sauerkraut and potatoes. It's like, it's awesome. Every, everything's good in Germany. The beer is, um, it's like Hofbrauhaus, right? It's, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but I don't find it like interesting. It's, it's pleasant to drink. Um, so I feel like I've kind of been sucked into this microbrew sort of um, world of, I want something to be super interesting in addition to being tasty. 
And, um, you know, so places I've been that have that, Australia is one. Um, a lot of people that haven't been to Australia, they like, they think Foster's and Foster's is just like the, the joke of Australia. They're like, yeah, it's so bad. None of us will drink it. So we export it. <laughs> but um, I do, I, I travel to Canberra a lot, the, the capital city of, of Australia. And there's two places there that are, that um, I keep remembering. People tend to think that Canberra is like a sleepy, boring place. Um, and I guess they think the same about Washington, D.C. because they're like national capitals and they're full of politicians. But both places actually have really great um, nightlife and food and drink and, and, and so on. So there's a couple places in Canberra that I remember. The, the one is called Bent Spoke Brewing Company. And that's just a great place to go with a group of people and, and hang out. They have... I don't know how many beers on tap. It's in, it's a it's a huge amount of beers on tap. They, it's a, they have it on two levels, so you can go upstairs or downstairs. And they have bars on both. They do samplers. They do they kind of have a little bit of everything, and and it's really good beer. And then they got you know food there. I remember it not being super healthy, whatever I ordered, but it was it was awfully good. But I've been there several times, like with um, some of my coworkers that are um, that live in that area, and then. A second one they took me to um, just on my last time out there was called Capital Brewing Company. And it was out by the Canberra um, airport. I think it's Fishick. They, is the, I, don't, I don't know how you pronounce that. F-Y-S-H-W-I-C-K. Um, that's the area where it is. We sort of went there just, uh, I had a flight to take back to Sydney that night because I was coming home the next day. And they're like, well, let's go to the, let's go get a bite to eat and, and, and get some beers. And they took me and the beer was good, but what I really remember is inside the um, the room, there's a burger place called Broad, or maybe it's Broad, B-R-O-D, and the burgers were just incredible there. And you're going to have to go to look at their website. If you go to broadburger.com.au and look, they have a hot dog that I think that you would, um, I think you would enjoy. It's the Broad Dog. It's got bacon, coleslaw, pickles, ketchup corn relish, sweet potato ribbons, sweet potato ribbons and shaved cheese. So yeah, it's like one of those weird hot dogs that you, that you eat, but um, yeah. those places are really <laughs> cool. And I, I found several places like that just throughout Australia. You know, if you get outside the, the big cities, especially um, that are just fun to go to. And sometimes you get to meet the guy who makes the beer and, and chat with them and, and um, they're just fun. So um so Australia is one good place for, for beer. Um, Japan's another one. Japan doesn't have what I would call interesting beer, but they have beer that doesn't give me a hangover the next day. And I don't know how they do it, but I've had so many dinners, um, you know, like company events where I've had to have dinner with a customer or with just with my coworkers. And it's like the cold sake comes out and the hot sake and the beer and it goes on for quite some time. And I think, wow, tomorrow's going to suck. And then it, it's fine the next day. So whatever they're, whatever they're serving to me, the Asahi Super Dry, um, I, I really like that beer. It's not, it's not like an IPA. It's not a super flavor bomb sort of thing, but it's got a, it's got a pleasant taste and they serve it with good food. And um, it's usually fun to hang out with um, Japanese guys outside of work. Absolutely. Maybe it's something in the air. I don't know. Because they, they like going out. Well, it's not that they like. It's part of the culture that going drink going out drinking after meetings and a day of work is nor super normal there. 
yep. but also waking up very early in the morning next day and going to work is super normal as well. So I, I, I don't know. Yeah, Korea does that too, South Korea. When they'll try to, that's almost a test. They'll, if you're a foreigner and come in there, they'll take you out and try to get you super drunk and then see if you show up on time the next day. And if you do, then you pass the test. Yeah, but, we, uh, we know a person in common that went through that and next morning he said he did not remember much of it. So he meet, meets up with, like he was supposed to meet with three people. He meets two of them and he say, where's the third guy? He's like, oh, don't worry about him. He's okay. He's not in the hospital. It's like, you, it's like what happened to, you, to him? They start laughing. It's like, you don't remember. He made you drink soju and you picked him up and you threw him like away. <laughs> he didn't break anything, but he's recovering from that. So <laughs> I don't yeah. think I've heard that story before, but I think I know who you're talking about. I, I'm sure you do. Um, yeah. But no, there's, there's good... Um, that's the like everywhere you go in the world there is some good something good to drink there um even the middle east although they took away they took away my wine on the way into the country when i went into like qatar and and bahrain were so you bringing not, wine from the u.s there or no i i i was on one of these multi-country tours mm -hmm. and um the country manager in france gave me a couple bottles for helping him out with something and i'm like oh, I'm right at the beginning of this trip and I have to go to the Middle East. And, but it was weird. They took it away at the airport after they x-rayed my bag. And then when I came back to leave, it was still there and they gave it back to me. So I was really That's surprised. amazing. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, well, kiss that goodbye. It was a nice Bordeaux wine, but yeah, nope, they kept it. So you, I don't think you, when you travel, you want to transport beer, but clearly you just said you transport wine. What are some of the, there's a little, now with a lot of beers coming, like being canned, it's easier mm -hmm. uh, to an extent, but it's also easier to break if you want to bring a whole bunch. Yeah. So when you, when you transport wine, what are some of the tips for transporting wine in your checked luggage? I don't, I don't do it very often, but really it's like get it at the center of the suitcase with lots of clothing on, on all sides. Um, Funny story, uh, back, this is a long time ago at work, um, we launched a product and we used to name our products after um, various alcohol things. So like one type of hardware was named after grapes and another was named after wineries. And then we had, um, today we name it after scotch, I think. So. But back then, um, we, I, I named a program, a software program, uh, Crinklewood. And Crinklewood was actually an Australian winery. And we won a pretty massive sale to um, an Australian school uh, district. And when the sales guys came over, they brought some Crinklewood with them. They went and bought it and brought like four bottles. So one guy had two bottles in his suitcase. The other guy had another two bottles. The guy with the reds, uh, they broke. And so of all of his clothes for being in the U S for like a week and a half were in that suitcase and all of them are soaked through with, with red wine. So that's what not to do. I guess that's why I don't, I don't do it very often for that reason. Cause I remember that guy really, <laughs> he had to go buy all new clothes and, and that's I think the airline was pissed off at him too, because like it leaked. Oh yeah, if he leaks, they have very angry at you, no matter yes. what. what so I really, 
but that would be the thing is just, you know, pack clothes around it. But honestly, if you're, if you're buying it from a, a producer or a wine shop, there's people will make like carriers that are designed for mailing. You can take those on a plane pretty easily. Um, sometimes the airlines will give you grief if they hear the styrofoam because they say, well, you can't transport alcohol. And it's like, yeah, you can. There's nothing in the rules that say you can't do it. So sometimes you have to just uh, talk them into it. But most of the time they don't care. They're happy to take check baggage. Yeah. Taking it on board would be a whole lot better. But obviously since 2001, we don't, we don't do that. Yeah, we don't do that. Correct. Um, how about not only beer bars, obviously, if you remember beer bars, great, but um, good airport bars that you, oh. or airline clubs that are not the, the sucky ones that we usually see here. No, I fly United, so um, that's nothing to write home about. Although, <laughs> although the free wine that you can get is not super bad, but um, I think the, the beer is like Bud Light if you don't want to pay for it. Yeah, but if you go um, international, like especially Asia, right? They don't have a club there, so they have to partner with whatever is like yeah. good there. And the clubs are much, much better. They're much better. I don't know if beer is, I don't know, um, like Singapore Airlines, obviously, and, and uh, Shanghai Airport in Singapore is one of my favorite airports in the world. It's just a cool place to go. Um, I don't remember the beer being anything to write home about, but the, the booze was definitely like way higher grade than you normally get in other places. Yeah. Singapore is hot too, right? They don't have, they're now starting to get like some traction with craft beer, but usually it is Tiger and that's it, right? Tiger beer. And yeah, but they make up for it in food. I mean, Singapore is like my favorite place in the world to go and eat because you can go to those. Number one, you have like Chinese, Malaysian and Indian all coming together in one place. And it's like a fantastic combination. And then two, you can go to those hawker markets and for like, two Singapore dollars, get a big, big old plate of something. And, and then you go onto the next stall and get the next thing. So um, I don't care if I'm drinking bad beer with that, <laughs> like fish head curry and stuff. Yep. So. Yeah. The food is so good. So remembering some of the places that we had beers to, that I remember that we had beers together, uh, do you remember a place in California, in Campbell, California, called Liquid Bread? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. I used that to place... live. A, I used to live a half mile down the street from there. Yeah, but I, I think yeah. you did too, didn't you? Yeah, I did. But we went there after I moved away. You were yeah. still there, I think. But that place no longer. Ex well, it does exist, but has a different name. Oh, it's called Boiler Room. I never heard of that. But I think it's the same deal that was a decent place is in campbell california very yeah they always had they always had really good stuff in there and like the guy the guy knew a ton about beer so they had the taps and they also had the bottle shop and I the like food that. was really good too yeah so i recommend that place down the street from that place they also own a place called spread it's like oh that's theirs the sub yeah subway shop like subway sandwiches and yeah. good beers so they're that's another one that you can get fancy beers if you're in the in the Silicon my wife, Valley. My wife really misses downtown Campbell. Um, Aki, the yeah. Mexican place there. It's not really Mexican. It's Calmex, but um, yeah. she loved that place. And then she loved the, cu the cupcake place 
down there. So I forget. I don't think the cup the cupcake place was there when I lived there. But Akiz yeah, was there. Akiz like the anchor of that whole downtown Campbell area because it turned into party town. You know, we when we were living there, we just had we had young kids, and so we were home by like nine o'clock was a late night for us. Apparently, like after ten o'clock, downtown Campbell turned into like a college frat party, basically. So, yeah, they had a they they well, I don't know the places there anymore, but yeah, they had a few fun places there. Yeah, another yeah, place. Yeah, but Aki also has really good, strong margaritas. I remember they, that. They do. Their beer was was crap. It was like Negro Modelo and, and yeah. Verona. That was like it. But the margaritas were really good. Yeah. They said industrial strength, like margaritas. That's funny. Um, another fun place we, I remember having beers with you when we went to a conference in New York was at Thorst. It's oh, a, I don't remember that. It's a beer bar in Brooklyn. Was not too far from the conference. Uh, we were at Hushkan at the time. Oh, yeah. It was a very clean, like, Danish-looking place, like marble, white walls, and good bread and butter, and some beers that were really good. I kind of remember this. Oh, was this, did we walk there? Yeah, we walked there. Okay, I do remember that place now, yeah. Yeah, that place is really good. We talked here uh, in the show about that place before, but it's a must-go in Brooklyn if you're there. Yeah, yeah, that's coming back to me now. Remember yeah. that. And speaking of buying beer and hauling beer back home, we went <laughs> um, on a we trip. Moxa. We went to Moxa in Rockland, California. We that beer... Whatever the one that I remember was like the massive coconut something or that was fantastic. Yeah, I want to go back there at some point. Exactly. Uh, I remember being there and I did not have a car. John had a car. I'm like, I need to ask you a favor. I need you to drive me to this place. <laughs> I need you to, if you want, uh, we can have a beer and then I'll I'll buy some crawlers to bring back if, home. If you if you want, and then twist we sat my, twist my arm. We sat there for for maybe half an hour, had a couple of strong beers and yeah, and went to dinner. But yeah, where that, did, that stout beer was really good. Where did we go and we drank beers and like the taxi driver wouldn't let us out because he couldn't see the actual place we were trying to go. And then he, oh, he just talked a lot. Forgot about that one. <laughs> that was um, bizarre. That was in was, Anaheim. That was in Anaheim. We yeah. went to Bottle Logic, which is a very famous brewery okay. um, in, in, in Southern California. They make really good beers. And yes, we were not too close, so we had to take a taxi. And then, um, yeah, the taxi driver was, number one, upset that we took a, an expensive taxi ride to go eat food truck food, number one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, because we didn't want to talk about beer much, but it was like, yeah, it's a brewery, but they really don't have food, but they have a food truck. Uh huh. So that was one. And then number two is that, yeah, it was in this industrial area where like, and he really wanted to provide like customer service. It's like, I'll, I'll drop you off in front of the place. We're like, no, here is fine. I'm like, 
I cannot hear, listen to this guy talking anymore. I'm like, this, this place is fine, whatever. We'll find our, our, our way there and know. And yeah, that was fun. Somebody yeah. made, a, made a comment that was like, really freaked out the taxi driver. <laughs> I, he was off. He, he was a really nice guy. He just remember something was off with that guy. And we were all like, let's get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. The beer was good. And we had hot dogs, I think, that night. It was... Oh, we did have hot dogs and a bunch of um, potato products of, and fried in oil of some form. I don't yeah. know if they were French fries or... Yeah, but it, was, it was a decent trip, beer-wise. We've had a bunch of terrible beer in Las Vegas together over the years. Oh, we did. Yeah. Well, Hofbrau House was de decent. That was okay. I remember a long, long time ago going to Hooters and having whatever. Oh, the Hooters trip. All your yeah. friends were sick the next day because they yeah. ate food that was too spicy for them. Yeah, Brazilians don't do spicy too well. <laughs> it was, I think it was you and me sitting there ordering like progressively hotter wings. Yep. And those guys trying to keep up. And then I guess they were doomed the next day. Yep. Or maybe they just drank too much afterwards and blamed that on the food. I don't know. I, that was DEF CON before it was virtual. Yeah. Um, speaking of spicy food, you like spicy food, beer and spicy food, okay? Oh, yeah, of course. Like, is that like Mexican food better than other choices or? I prefer, if I'm going to go spicy, I think I prefer um, uh, Asian like Thai food or um, like Chinese Szechuan or something like that. If I'm going to go really, really hot. Okay. I don't, I never get hot Mexican food. I know it has their reputation for being hot, but it's like, it's jalapenos mostly, which, you know, you can or you put a bunch of sauce, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I I do like that. Indian Indian food can they can make that really hot. Yeah, like concentrated. I don't know what that is, but it's really the beer good. doesn't help a bit with the. <laughs> no, it doesn't, right? Yeah, it just <laughs> spreads it out. Yeah, it makes it worse. But I don't like drinking beer and having Indian food. Neither like Chinese food. I just get no? too full. No. Yeah, that is a problem. I don't know. I'm just getting old too. So it's, I'm like, yeah, if I'm going to eat that, I'm like, I don't know, maybe a whiskey before and after and, or some wine, but carbonated and carbs don't, don't, don't go well. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why the India or why, that's why the British like it. They, the, all that flat beer that they, the room temperature flat beer mix that with their national dish, which is curry. Yep. Maybe that's the secret. Maybe that's the secret. Yeah. Speaking of last time, last and only time I was in London, which was last year, um, I went there for Black Hat Europe. It happened the day that I landed there, well, the day after, they had a cask beer festival. Mm -hmm. So all the beers in the festival were cask beers. Um, never been to one of those before. The people I met up with, um, I I've knew them from like the beer world before they moved to london i met him uh, in berlin before and um, they said yeah there's this festival it's really cool you're here if you want to hang out let's go to this place i'm like yeah that's going to be awesome right can't get better than that uh they're like yeah but it's a cask beer festival i'm like so what like the beer is going to be flat still good i don't care they're like well it's a little different it's 
at a church. I'm like, that's okay. Or what it was supposed to be a church. I don't know. I think it was still a, a church, actually. I'm like, that's fine. And they're like, well, and everything's cat or you pay for your tasters. I'm like, that's also perfect. I have to go to a conference tomorrow. I don't want to be mm-hmm. feel shitty, right? So it was a very, have you ever been to a beer festival before or no? I went to one that tried to be a beer festival and it was a disaster and I left. So, okay. So I'm going to say no. Okay. So usually if you go to a beer festival, you pay whatever that is and they give you a taster glass and you walk around, like usually it's a taster, so it's smaller glass and you walk around and you try the beers and you, that's it, right? Um, this one was different. So you had to pay, I, I don't remember, it was a small, small amount of money to get in, which is fine. So you paid and they only took cash. I didn't have any pounds on me. So mm-hmm. somebody had to pay for me. I'm like, I'll get you a beer later. Don't worry about it. So we go in and they're like, well, now that you paid, but you're, you're going to drink, right? It's like, yeah. Oh, so you need a glass. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's like, yeah, you have to buy the glass. It's like, that's fine. But if you don't want it, if you don't want to take it home, you can return it later. It's like, okay, you're just, I'm kind of paying deposit on the glass. You're like, yeah. yes. Okay, that's fine. So they give you a pint, like a true real pint of, of mm-hmm. a glass, a pint. I'm like, oh, that's, that's really cool. So we do that. And then it's like, and you're going to want beer. It's like, of course. Oh, so you have to go there to buy tickets for the beers. I'm like, okay. So I go get tickets and I'm so like, like your friends, your friends don't want you to, to like to be there or something. No, I, these are not my friends. These oh, are okay. the people running the, 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 the Oh, thing. I see. We're I see. there already. Right. We're okay. like, we show up and it's like this and that. So I'm like, okay. And I'm like, but I have no, 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 no money. They're like, no, no, you can use your card. Like, yeah, but I don't want to like, if I'm going to buy, I don't know, 30 pounds of beer what if I don't drink it? They're like, well, well, we'll refund you later. I'm like, how? They're like, we'll give you cash. I'm like, okay. So I bought like 50 pounds of tickets. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. every ticket is a beer. They're like, no, it depends on the beer that you want. So every little stall that they had, you, you they had like, I don't know, I want an IPA. They're like, yeah, for half a pint is three pounds for for the full pint is five pounds so you're like i want this much of beer like the lo- logistic was very complicated mm-hmm. but at the end it worked and i bought like i'm like do you want a beer do you want to? i bought beers all around and then like and then i ended up with a bunch of tickets and then i'm like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna leave now i don't want the glass because i don't want to carry it and here i have like i don't know 50 pounds worth of tickets they're like there you go cash i'm like that's easier than an ATM. And, yeah. and I had some beers and I'm happy. So that, so the, the, I, I, while you were talking, I remembered I did go to a beer festival. It was in Campbell, California. And um, you had to pay in advance and you, it was unlimited like tastings. You had to get a wristband. And so I paid. We went to wherever you got the wristband and picked them up. And we were, you know, having our tastings and doing whatever and then i found there was a second place where you could get wristbands they were they had two locations where they were handing them out at like opposite ends of the of the downtown area 
and I was standing there looking at him like, they're just reading off a paper list. There's no coordination between, I picked my wristband up at the other place already and I could just come over here and, and get another one. And my wife looks at me, she's like, why do you think that way? And I said, that's why I'm, that's why I'm in computer security because you have to be like a devious <laughs> bastard to, to figure out what somebody's going to do to screw you. Yeah. What, what's broken or how to break it, right? How yeah. it's not supposed to. That work. was a stupid system. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the, the festivals they had, the, they had Oktoberfest that was decent. Yeah. Uh, that was fun. And then they had that one in May was the boogie on the bio. Boogie on the bayou. Yeah. The problem with the problem with festivals there, and this is not just beer, it's anything in California in the in the Bay Area, is any event they hold, a million and a half people show up with their children and their strollers and everything because it's like the whole population just comes. Yep. So uh, you know, the 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 point at which I think my wife realized we had to get out of there was um something in downtown San Jose. Um I forgot what holiday it was. It might've been like for Christmas, but there was like a massive number of people. They were like shoulder to shoulder. She had the two kids with her and somebody started a fight. And so she's just trying to get the kids out and like there was nowhere to go. And she, it was about that point. She said, said forget it. Get, let's get out of here. This place is too crowded. There's too many people here. So yeah. anyway. So let's talk about, we should talk about um, beer and hacking yeah, or, so, or something. I'm a terrible programmer, but all the best code that I've ever written has been after several drinks. Why do you think so? I don't know. I don't remember the next day how it works either, <laughs> but I'm like, wow, that's really good. I can't say that I've done that recently. I, I that, that was back in college days, but... I would always come back from the bars and like spend a couple hours writing code, mostly to run IRC servers and things like that. So how was your DEF CON experience? Uh, this year, it was weird. Um, it, was, it was weird to not be in the same room with people. It was weird because half the fun of DEF CON is observing sort of the odd people that are out there. And there was none of that this year. You couldn't see anything like that. I did, I did try virtual reality once and went into some DEF CON event, but then it was just people's avatars, but they were still weird. But, um, you know, you, you've seen the stuff like the Wi-Fi, um, what is that Wi-Fi thing? The Wi-Fi cactus? Yeah. That guy walking around with like 25 Wi-Fi access points on his back and a frame. Yeah. Um, the people with like the top hats with the full LED screen that's, saying something that they programmed it to say. There's all that kind of stuff and you just don't get to see any of that. And you're like, uh, I wouldn't do that for myself, but it's kind of entertaining and, and, and interesting and cool. So I missed that part. The part that was good this year was, um, I, I think I told you this already, the villages. The village talks are always packed full and it's like standing room only and you have to get there two hours ahead of time if you want to get a seat. And this time I could watch all of the village, the village talks that I was interested in. So the aviation village, I've never been able to get into that before because it's always been mobbed. And this year I watched all their talks. Um, the lock picking village or social engineering village, that's the big one. You, you can never get into that one. Like there's always a line out the door. And this time that stuff, 
I don't think I don't think the content was probably quite as good as the live event, but um, everybody could see it this year, and that was that was pretty cool. So I don't think that I mean, Jeff Moss basically said we're not going to have an online DefCon and a live DefCon because every you know doing it's too much it this work. year. <laughs> Well, we don't have enough people like doing it this year. It took all the people that, that we had. Yep. And um, so that's, that's too bad, but hopefully they will maybe do some more recording of all these events. And at least after the fact, people will be able to see the, the replays on that. Cause that's really, that's been really good. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah. I miss having the bad beers and the bad hangovers, but yeah, it's weird to wake up in the morning and not being hungover and take a shower. I don't miss the hangovers. I'll be honest with you. But. No, I don't miss it. But <laughs> yeah, it's weird not having them. Because you don't miss hangovers. You just deal with them, right? Yeah. Waking up and sleeping more than three, four hours is it's it's good. Defcon is the. I mean, the coolest thing about Defcon is you can be as nerdy as you want to there, and nobody kind of looks at you and says, "Oh, you're too nerdy to be to be here." So um, it's. Um, like I remember a guy coming in to talk to me and I think he, he was autistic, but he was brilliant. And he just started going on about the CPU architecture and um, how he didn't like what Intel or Marvell, I can't remember who he's talking about, but he went on at great length about like number of registers and pipelines and all this stuff. And I was like, holy crap. And, <laughs> and the guy that was with him kind of was like, I'm sorry, you know, he's autistic. And, and I said, no, no, that was like fascinating for me. <laughs> he didn't let me respond at all or get a word in, but um, you meet people like that there and you're like, wow, how much knowledge is in your head? That's the, that's the cool part of, of DEF CON for me. Yeah. There's a lot to learn, right? It's, and there's a lot of different people that have amazing then, skills. That's, I think that's what InfoSec, I'm not going to say cyber. Yeah. yeah I think I, that's what InfoSec is good about it's cool if people will set their egos aside because the reality is nobody can be a master of everything in that in this field um today there's too much to it so i mean i know some stuff well now i'm a pointy-haired boss and so I, it's my job to know a little bit about a lot of stuff but not be a master of, of really anything so i mean i know a little bit about web applications and i know a little bit about you know low level buffer overflow, like let's write some assembly into the stack and execute it, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but it's a, it's a fascinating field and there's just too much of it for anybody to know absolutely everything. And I see a little bit too much of, oh, you don't know this, well, you're a noob. And so, you know, and there's some angry dudes that I think come from Black Hat and they come over to DEF CON and they're, they're pen testers. And if you can't, if you can't pwn the domain controller within 30 seconds, then you don't measure up to them. I don't like that group of people, but. Oh, it's just like the beer people. They're, they're, they're beer, beer people that they, they only go for the big releases and uh, they want like the special beers. They want to stay in line for beers and if you don't have under. that beer. Yeah, that kind of people. Yeah. We have people yeah. that, we have good people that like that beer too, like me. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a little bit of douchery everywhere, I want to say. But yeah, that, I think overall DEFCON levels out for everything. And apparently the online thing worked out okay. People are it happy was, It was okay. It. I think we were preparing for something much worse. 
in terms of like 100,000 people showing up and trying to attack all the infrastructure there. And I didn't, I didn't really see a lot of that. It went well. Yeah. It was just surreal not to be in Vegas, I guess, or somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, I mean, we've all been become accustomed to that now, by now, I guess. So yeah, it is what it is. Hopefully next year we'll be back and Jeff announced we're going to be back in our favorite hotels, the Flamingo and the Paris and Bally's and I and say favorite. And something else. Yeah. What's Ooh. something else? Uh, well, it's a, it could be more, right? Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Depending well, on says, how. Yeah, the, the, the website says Paris, Bally's and more. Mm. So I don't know if Planet Hollywood is on deck. Uh, flamingo but it's not going to be smaller than defcon 27 that's for sure yeah i think he's unsure if a lot of people are going to flock back out there you know it, it it a lot depends on the virus and what happens there yeah. I, I think but he, he's think i think he's concerned that even if we've got a a vaccine by then or effective treatments or stuff like that that it's still going to suppress attendance so i guess we'll see we don't, nobody really knows until we get close to the date. Yeah. Well, around March, we're going to find out. Yeah. But I'm we're looking good. forward to getting back out there, even though I really hate Vegas. I'm looking <laughs> the, the DEFCON world is like a bubble and the rest of Vegas is outside the bubble. So I like being in the bubble. Yeah. And going to Peppermill and having not beer, having something else. We went to the Peppermill last year. We went to the Peppermill twice in one week. And one night was really good and the other night was not. And like and I'm the music and the food was like way down the second time we went. So maybe it's just a once a year thing that you that's all you can do. Yeah. Then we go to Double Down. Although we went to Double Down Saloon on a bad night. Not bad. It was weird. You I forgot about that, that place. That place was awesome. We walked in, they were playing Beavis and Butthead episodes up on the screen <laughs> on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> that was a cool place. I like that place a lot, but I've never been to Double Down when they had like movie night. That was super weird. That was a little odd. Yeah, after Beavis and Butthead, they put on some movie and it was bizarre. But it, it is actually, speaking of beer, it is a place that usually I don't try to get good beer there, but they do have really good beers. They have like, I don't know, 12 to 20 taps and they have like all kinds of beers. Usually I go there, I drink Bud Light and shots of something. Uh, but yeah. I feel, like I, was, I feel like I was drinking just straight vodka that night. I can't remember though. Very possible. Yeah. I, I was like probably trying to do my low carb thing at that point. And I really need to time my, you know, getting off the low carb diet with DEFCON because it would be much easier if I did that. So speaking of that, so what do you, when you try, how does the beer, because you do not exercise much, I think, to balance out the beer. <laughs> I don't exercise to your level of, of like running marathons and no, right. But I don't run a marathon every day either, no. but it's like, it's there because in the last episode I was talking to lay about that and he actually 
he got to the point that he, he said, you know what, I am not running much anymore, so I'm going to really stop drinking as much mm -hmm. beer, right? That's not my case. Um, even though, like, lately I haven't been drinking much beer. I've yeah. been drinking more wine and whiskey, but um, obviously I like beer. But I run. What? So you, like, decide once a year, twice a year, three, what's your kind of, like, so enjoying life, alcohol, yeah. and not exploding? So I exercise a moderate amount. Like it's like 30 minutes on the treadmill every morning, but that's walking. That's not running. I hate running. I hate running. I despise it. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> but but, <laughs> but I, I walk on the treadmill like with a steep incline while I watch stuff on TV and, and lift weights and stuff like that. But that's the, ex that's the exercise I get. I, you know, there was a time when I was having like four IPAs a night and doing that every night. And, um, I had to go buy new pants because I, you know, my weight just ballooned up. So I can't do that sort of thing. I have to kind of control it. I, I try to do, I try to stick to um, lower carbohydrate drinks during the week, like bourbon or tequila or, or wine. And then not every weekend, but some weekends I'll just, you know, have, have, have a few beers or, th yeah. or three or four. And this will be one of those weekends, I think. But th basically, that's it. I just can't do it every single night. Yeah. The other thing is I find my alcohol consumption at night is correlated with me eating more, like needing snacks and things like that. And so it's really bad for me. So I kind of, I should, I should develop kind of more healthy habits on this. But instead, I just get fat, go on a low-carb diet, lose some weight, and then slowly get fat again and, and repeat that cycle which is probably not the best thing to do. Oh, but it's one way to balance that out, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I don't snack much. I don't have problems with that part. I like eating, but not snacking per se. If I, I could eat it, I could eat popcorn like every single night. I have this whirly pop popcorn maker on the stovetop and mm. it makes like movie theater style popcorn. So I'll like grab my, my 14 year old son, we'll go watch South Park together and like, eat a big bowl of popcorn. I could do that. I could do that every night. Do you make flavored popcorn or no? No, I just, whatever is in that orange goo that comes out of the, it's comes in like single oh. serving packets. Mm. It's just coconut oil and like movie theater salt. That's it. I've put, I've put cayenne pepper on, um, on popcorn before and that's, that's kind of good, but nobody else likes it except me. And it's a problem because you're going to have to eat more. <laughs> yep. Cool. John, I think that's it. I awesome. really appreciate you making the time. Um, hope you have more beers. We had one beer, but I hope you enjoyed the other beers that you, that you bought. And thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun. Anytime you want to do that, maybe, maybe next time in person. That's what we hope for. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. Take care. See ya. See ya.